Welcome to coffeeis.me podcast, where me means you, or more precisely, us. This is the show where your host, Valerian, without using any interrogation techniques, convinces coffee professionals to reveal their secrets to teach and inspire you to make better coffee and earn a few bucks on the side, if that's what you fancy. Let the show begin. Hello, coffee lovers. Welcome to Coffee Me Podcast. I'm your host, Valerian Hra. I'm very grateful that you decided to spend some time with us. Special little hi for the Roaster Level 2 students who support me with their love for this podcast when I was visiting Boot Campus in San Rafael a few weeks ago. Thanks, guys. It really lifted my spirits. Welcome back to the second episode of a four-part story on how we started Unleashed Coffee. Unleashed Coffee is a young coffee roasting company which is owned by me, the Roaster, and by a coffee farmer, William, from Brazil. We decided to share our steps and missteps so you guys can get inspired and build an awesome coffee brand too. In the last episode, we talked about how we came up with an idea which will differentiate us from any other coffee brand in the United States and how we went about selecting our name. If you are just starting and developing a concept, I highly recommend to listen to this episode. You can find it on coffees.me website or anywhere else like iTunes or other podcast subscription services. But many of you are already beyond these steps and you need more. And we get it. So, okay, in this episode, we are going to talk about logo and packaging design. When it comes to the logo design, we use plenty of online services and we will tell you the good and the bad about them. We actually ended up with a local designer. Was it a good idea? And how did we design and who printed our awesome coffee bags? Why do you need boring barcodes? All these and more in this episode of Coffee Is Me with coffee farmer and CEO and 60 kilo bag hauler of Unleashed Coffee, William Murad, and myself, the roaster and the lab rat. But before we start, I would like to mention one discussion I had recently with a fellow coffee roaster. By now, you guys know I co-own coffeecourses.com, the only online education platform covering everything from farm, roasting, and even barista skills. The roaster without name, uh, let's call him Brando. (laughs) Brando recently uh, said to me, Hey Valerian, I love coffee courses, but I can learn roasting on YouTube, so why do I need to pay for coffee courses? This is a question I get often, so let's talk about this for a minute. While there are many awesome YouTube videos on coffee and coffee roasting, I don't think that you can learn any serious profession from YouTube videos. Most of the successful people do not waste time guessing and searching, but they invest in their education. I agree, free is awesome, but you probably know by now there isn't such a thing as a free lunch. Personally, I check many tutorials on YouTube on marketing or coding skills or anything else, but if I want to really master the skill, I pay for it. It is faster, I get the know-how from a reputable professional, and also because I know most of the YouTube videos have some marketing agenda behind, a hidden offer or, or, or a product to sell. And there is nothing wrong with that. The author of the YouTube video spent hours of filming and editing for the chance to convince you about something he offers you some valuable crumbs, but not the meal. Just check out one of the most popular videos on reviewing the Huki 500 roster on YouTube. Is it an honest review of Huki? Yes. The dude in the video is not selling the Huki. He doesn't have any reasons to like it or hate it. But if you listen carefully, he's selling courses by telling you how an affordable semi-professional roaster and his product can make your coffee roasting learning an awesome experience. If you wondered, 
who that guy is. Yes, it is me. And I have learned this marketing skill from everybody else on YouTube. In Coffee Courses, we do not sell you anything. We'll give you the knowledge and skill presented by the industry-leading professionals like Willem Booth, Marcus Young, Deborah Frodiger, Jody Wieser and others. If you work with Coffee, you, you already know these guys. Once you become a member, you get access to all the content. You will have over 16 hours of videos to go through. That's a lot of content. But do, do not worry, you, you have a year for that and if you need more time, you can extend for only a fraction of the initial price. It is the only online education platform covering everything from coffee farming, coffee roasting and even barista skills for a fraction of the price of a live course. So think about it, how much would a 4-day live course cost you? So what are you waiting for? Go and join coffeecourses.com now. I will wait. What? You need an incentive? Man, I was afraid of that. Okay, how about 100 bucks off for the first five of you? Use coupon code COFFEEISME. There will be only five coupons, no more. And many of you guys already know me. How stingy I am when it comes to coupons. <laughs> All right, I hope to see you on the other side. I think that, you know, it's a great education platform. It's not only because I built it. You know, I, I was usually behind the camera and behind the building the, the, the website itself. But these professionals, I, I value very highly. And, I, you know, it was an honor for me to work with them. And I, I'm 100% sure that you guys will like these courses too. So, all right, let's start the podcast. Let's talk about logos and packaging. All right, William, second episode. Welcome back. Thank you very much. Let's continue with uh, logo and design. This was another thing which, uh, you know, you, we can think that we overthinked it, but I, uh, because we spent a lot of time on it, but on the other hand, I'm very grateful for it because I can see that how, you know, paying attention to this and being kind of strict on what we want really worked out. And we are really, really happy with it. At least I'm really happy with the results. How do you feel about that? Um, I like it a lot. Um, and especially f uh, for me, right? I'm, I'm, I'm not a, an artist, uh, don't have the artistic skills to design logos. So I knew that the designing the logo was definitely something that I couldn't do myself. And um, now we get compliments. People think it's, it's uh, simple yet uh, comprehensive. Uh, I've, and the process was, I, I don't think we, we, we overthought it. Uh, I think uh, the, it, it, went, uh, it went quite well. Uh, we tried different channels. And, and today, uh, I don't look at the logo thinking, mm, uh, if, I, if I could, I would change it. I, I, don't, I personally would, don't have anything to change in the logo. Don't know about you. Oh, no, it's, it's, I'm, I'm fine with it. You know, I, I'm, maybe I, I didn't say the right word because we did not really overthink it. But as you said, we went through different channels and some were more successful and some were really painful. And we are going to talk about it in this episode too, because, you know, some people might uh, consider them. But before we do so, uh, do you remember the, well, did you have any criteria for logo? You know, did you have any vision before we started that how the logo should look like or what does it should contain? Um, I, I, I think I knew what I did not want. 
and um, I knew that I, I I wanted a modern logo. I'm not a big fan of the old school, full of details logos. I wanted a logo that uh, played with the negative spaces. If you don't know what that means, Google it. You you have fun with it. Um, I I I like logos that do not have too many colors. So more like on the minimalist, simplistic way. And I wanted a logo that would encompass um, like the pillars of the business, which would be the, the, the farming and the carrot that we have with the coffee, uh, roasting, so the, the, the whole control in the entire chain. So I, I, I wanted a logo that would uh, uh, picture hopefully all those things, but at the same time, uh, be uh, uh, what we would call a minimalist logo. So that's how I would say I envisioned it. Uh, but I, I couldn't kind of like just sit and draw it myself, right? Uh, and I, I, you helped a lot uh, when it comes to even doing some mockups yourself, uh, and it helped us even uh, working with some of the online uh, con- uh, people who tried to work with us, and even moving forward when we found. The, the person who designed it for us, I, 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 I had, uh, it was, it was great because it really brought to life what I wanted, not knowing exactly what I wanted. Okay. Well, I wanted a clean logo. I agree with you. So I wanted to have something which is kind of clean. I don't like too much techiness. Um, but I was okay when there's like, like they're kind of like, you know, uh, little lines here and there, which are a little bit, you know, kind of more homey, but you know, uh, at the end of the day, I'm happy with, with the cleanliness, what we have today. Uh, I wanted to limit the logo to three colors if possible. And I think that our logo is three colors right now, or maybe four. It's around uh, I think it's three, well, three in the most colorful, uh, format, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we use it at one one color logo on the packaging. We use it as one color logo in some marketing materials. But uh, you, you're right; it's up to three if we want to make it colorful. Yeah, and the reason why we wanted a little uh, less cost and more is so when you print it, you will pay less for this. Because when you decide to print anything in the future, you pay you know, a, a special form or what they call it. And th- th- those are p- per colors. So let's say if your packaging or your design has seven colors at seven times, let's say, I don't know, depends where you print it. It's between $90 per color to $300 per color. So because I learned my lesson from Green Plantation where our logo has many, many colors, uh, we, we decided to kind of limit them as much as possible. So, and the third re- um criteria for me was being trendy. And when I say that trendy, I, again, I'm not a professional designer, so I don't know what's trendy, but oh man, you can Google it. You can Google what are the latest, you know, um, logo design trends. You can just do logo designs 2017, let's say, and Google it and see, especially the, you know, the websites which are design oriented, they are, you know, catering to the professional designers. They will show you examples of, you know, like you said, negative spaces, for example, that was a trend from 2016. Maybe it's also 2017, I don't know, but you know, there's a lot of other things which, which uh, were trendy and we picked kind of 
uh, few categories which we liked because not everything what was trendy I liked. So you know, we went that. And also I Googled trendy colors because that's also the thing is that, you know, uh, actually you can see what are the fashionable trends in 2016, 2017 in color world. And depending on industry, you can find your colors and you can go with them if you like them. Uh, so we did a little homework on that. And then we decided, well, let's try to find a designer. So first we used two logo design services. One was 99designs and the second one was, what was the name of William? A design contest. Design contest. Because, man, they sound so great. So basically what you do, you start a contest on both of them and you have hundreds of designers submitting designs and you say, no, I don't want this. Yes, I like this, but you work more on this. So isn't that an ideal world, William? Uh, yes. And, you know, before I forget, and uh, I don't want to confuse people, but I want to also share uh, two sentences that I would recommend if you're looking for a logo to search for on Google, similar to what Valerian said. One is you can use ear, then latest or best design concepts. So 2017, latest design concepts. 2016, design concepts. And the other is best logos in in the year. Best logos mm -hmm. in 2017. I, those, I, I would get a lot of uh, uh, ideas from Google, doing Google uh, uh, searches on those terms. Uh, back to your answer, uh, to your question, Valerian. Um, yes, it sounded really good, as Valerian said. About $300, you could get a ton of designers uh, uh, submitting it to you. And, uh, and we're not even talking Fiverr, right? We didn't want to do Fiverr for logos. <laughs> uh, there is also Logo Tournament, which is a website that I worked on in the past. Um, at the end of the day, what we learned was that uh, you either don't spend your time providing insightful feedback and people will not submit what you want, uh, which doesn't work for neither side, or you tell them exactly what you want or what you don't want, and you hope that somebody would have an, a brilliant idea. And we saw ourselves spending a lot more time providing feedback than actually brainstorming about what the logo should be. And I think that's when uh, uh, Valeria said, William, let's, uh, let's give up on this. And I remember that. I think, Valeria, you didn't like any single submission, right? No. Not a single one. You know, the, my problem was that most of them looked like a template design, which I can do. It's very easy. You know, I, mm -hmm. I can do that. And I was so frustrated and so angry when, you know, you left the feedback very clearly that what we want. And they just kept posting random stuff. It yeah. blew my mind. I was like, why do you do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's one thing that I definitely did try to do my best was not just say, I don't like this work harder. You know, I never said that. I always provide very insightful feedback, what I did not like, what I was expecting. And, and you're right. I, I actually had one submission that I, that I liked, that I really liked. And in fact, I contact the guy on the side, just thanking him for his work and I was sorry that didn't work but I uh, I told him that I was uh, impressed with his submission uh, but overall yes it was not good and those companies I mean they tried I remember design contest they gave us another week and $50 premium positioning they, they just didn't work um, so then we went to uh, well Valerian knew somebody that uh uh, we could possibly work with, and well, I'll let 
I'll let Valerian uh, work. Uh, explain. Not yeah, quite yeah, yet. Yeah. Not quite yet, because uh, the thing was that uh, after that frustration, I gave it a try myself. And we designed some things which were not that great, but they were <laughs> on par with the stuff what you get from 99 designs, you know, because I was so frustrated. I was like, come on, we have to come up with something. And then what I did, I looked for inspiration and I love to look on Behance. And uh, there's where I thought that maybe we should hire somebody from Behance to uh, do the logo and packaging, because we actually were looking already for somebody who will design a logo and packaging, the whole branding uh, for us. But uh, we contacted few people, and usually the uh, costs were much, much higher. So get ready that, you know, if you like, the stuff which I like <laughs> was very expensive. <laughs> yeah, Actually, Valerian's right. I forgot about those. I, uh, I remember Valerian talked to a couple. I talked to three uh, from that we met, uh, well, through Behance, we saw their profile there. And yes, it, either it was kind of work that we already knew it wouldn't work or they were asking for, whoa, tons of money and absolutely no guarantee that it would work. Exactly. And, and that was my, I mean, not even the money because at that time I was like, okay, I was like, let's suck it up. You know, let's just pay for it because, you know, branding is important and we'll come to that because it is important. And I was like, well, it will be all okay. Uh, but then they said that they do one revision. And that scared me because I was like, well, what if you draw something which I don't like at all? You know, It's like just one revision. Yeah, exactly. For like, and let's talk about prices. I think that the very good offer we got, well, there was one Brazilian artist we liked a lot. What was the offer like? Around 2000 yeah, bucks. I think it was $2,000. And that was uh, for logo and, and packaging design? Uh, not the packaging. It was logo and paper. paper they called papery, right? The, a, a business card, letterhead, mm -hmm. which is obviously things that we can do ourselves. Uh, but yeah, it was logo and in, and the business card, letterhead, email signature. Just, just fluffing the deal a little bit. Uh, but as Valerian said... Uh, you know, if that guy would say $2,000 unlimited revisions until you get what you want, I, I, we would probably be working with him. Uh, the, but there was a, always like one or two revisions. And I remember that specific guy, he just, his wife just had a baby that, on that week. And I'm thinking his mind is somewhere else. Oh, yeah. He's not, <laughs> he's, uh, he's not going to deliver. He's going to be upset with us because that's one of the things actually we should mention. Uh, uh, maybe 99 designs, design contest, logo tournament, or even Fiverr, I don't know, it's good for you. But in our case, uh, Valerian having the ability to design a logo himself, therefore at the high standards, and I coming from the IT industry that I may not tell, may not be able to tell the logo that I want, but I definitely could tell if somebody was just copying, pasting stock stuff. Uh, obviously, our bar was high. Um, therefore, uh, it, we we were meticulously looking for somebody that could definitely do something that neither Valerian nor I could just sit together on a weekend and say, this is it. Beautiful. Right? Exactly. And we found amazing jobs on, on Behance. So we, so we contacted a few people. But again, it was either the price and mostly the number of revisions which uh, was a, were the deal breakers. And by the way, I agree, if you have a baby... 
uh, knowing done it twice, you're you're you are doing something else mentally, not working, and you know that would be kind of a, a painful stuff. Interestingly, there were two designers from Brazil which you liked, and that was totally unrelated to the fact that you are Brazilian. It just True. happened, you know. So I picked those, and I said, "Oh, look, these are Brazilians." Write to them in Portuguese, so maybe we get discount. But nope, they don't give discount because they are good and you know they deserve the money. But again, the revisions were for us, which was a little bit scary, and giving out a lot of money for that. That you know we might not get the right revisions. To give you some tips, if you are really on budget and you don't have, like you you are very limited, I would pick uh, an Envato product. Envato is a website where you can uh, buy. Uh, different like plugins and themes and different designs. So Envato has a, I think it's called Graphics River, and you can buy a logo there for like thirty-five bucks. So I would pick that over the uh, the uh, ninety-nine designs because there I actually found some interesting things I can play with, you know. So uh, I don't know. Anyhow, so yes, Behance you can find a lot of great artists. And uh, you should give it give it a try because maybe you find somebody who will give you more revisions or you cut a better deal. And it, the Brazilian guy was kind of expensive, but we found somebody who was doing it for eight hundred dollars, I think. Then somebody who was doing it for sure. eight thousand dollars. So there were different price ranges, but really, Behance is a great source, even for just inspiration. So uh, if you're looking for something, and then we did something which I thought we would never do: found a local person correct yeah um on uh yeah and i think just to compliment the behance i think the behance also great for packaging right we learn a lot more about packaging than about the logo uh behance was great for that too so great resource for packaging but don't forget after the 99 design i actually was focusing for a, a combined uh, effort. So I wanted to have somebody who does the logo and the packaging. So it's a unified True. experience. True. That was for us important. Yeah. And uh, going to the local uh, designer. Designer. Thank you. Uh, you know, I hope Jenna will not mind uh, that I share this story. <laughs> so her name is Jenna Esser. She's uh, from the same little town in close to San Francisco that I'm from, Fairfax. And she was working on a green plantation packaging. So if you ever saw green plantation packaging, that's her work, except the graphic design, the pictures are actually taken from, from other uh, a designer, but she, she designed the whole feel and, and the packaging and, you know, the colors and everything. And I was very happy with that, but she, you know, she's a very busy person and she always kept telling me that how busy she is. So she, I never even thought about her. So she once visited me because our kids go to school together. And I told her that, you know, she asked, Oh, how is Anish Coffee? I said, it's doing very well. You know, we already looking for the designers and we almost find the right one. And she almost cried. She said, why didn't you pick me? And I was like, because you said you are so busy. I never thought of that. So I was so happy that, you know, she said, no, no, actually, I really want to do that. I'm, I was so excited. But we never talked about it. We never exchanged the, the, the words that, do you want to do it? And, you know, she, so she never did. We never did that. So um, I introduced her to William, and you know I, I said that you know what kind of work she did before, and just to give her credentials, she used to work for a William Sonoma. If you don't know who William Sonoma is, then then you are not cooking because that's you know <laughs> I call it the cooking porn catalog shop. 
So she 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 has a great portfolio and you know she's very good. So I was very happy that she she wanted to take this. And then the process started and man we learned our lesson. Right? Yes. Uh, I I'd like to say that one of the thing why well, let me say it was an instant love that we we had with Jen especially uh, working with her. She is she was a sweetheart. She is a sweetheart. So polite, humble, creative. And one of the things that patient, really man. Patient, patient, yeah. She really encouraged one of the encouraging things was I hate when I'm talking to somebody and I realize that that person is only thinking about money. How uh, how much money am I making, right? How much money are you paying me? And and Jenna was v- was very direct in saying, guys, I'm I'm not working uh, for other people. I'm doing this because I'm good. Valerian's good friend, and I really love your idea. I'm I'm local. I think it would be a great opportunity for us to collaborate and work together. And it was like, yes, this is the exact kind of person. Um, that that I would like to work with, and to all of you out there, and Valerian's is uh, was not born in the United States. I wasn't born in the United States either, uh, and so I can definitely say that the best thing in working with Jana was that she has amazing English skills. It was very hard, especially when I was writing feedback to people on the internet, that you would explain to them exactly what you wanted or what you did not want. And it just sounded like I was writing Greek to them. And and Jana, uh, obviously, she didn't come and sit there with us and say and said, this is it. And we looked at it. It's like, yes, done. Beautiful. Obviously, right? We worked with her a lot. But... Uh, she definitely understood, embraced the feedback, and she knew what to write. Right? Even choosing the right uh, typography, uh, I, I think knowing the language and knowing what Americans like, that, that, that was, to me, that was the biggest advantage of all. Yeah, and don't forget that we had probably like eight or nine meetings, and she always came up with uh, designs, and we, like with 10 even more designs and we always picked something what we liked and then she worked on that so we got like tons of revisions because every meeting she had 10 different revisions of you know either the logo and then later the packaging and we picked and then she worked and she picked and i was like this is awesome you know we can actually meet in person and discuss the design because as you said it's not only about english but because she has experience of of packaging design she knew what to put on that packaging so it will resonate with, with, with the customer. We had certain things which we kind of were strong about and she totally got it. So she made sure that, you know, that's visible, that one, which is the farm to cup, right? Because that's mm-hmm. for, for us was very important. That's basically what we do. It's really from the farm to cup, not just blah, 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 but real farm to cup. And we wanted to have it on as a first thing you see on a packaging and she did that. Uh, we said, you know, when we come to when it comes to criteria, we wanted, let's say, that it will fit on a shelf certain way. We said we want it to pop, but we don't want to be kind of like a, like a, a parrot, right? Screaming, screaming, yeah, and people, she yeah. found the right solution for that. So you know, um, you know, I was so happy that we went this way, and. I don't want to disclose the price we paid for it because it was a friendly price, but it was a little bit more than we would pay on Behance, but it was worth it, I think. 
Absolutely. And just the fact that she was able, I think, you know, the logo, I think at the end of the day, we would be able to get a logo from somebody, even if on, if online, that we could we could look and say, that's good enough, at least for now, right? And and let's go move forward. But when we when it comes to packaging, sh- her expertise helped us so much because uh, what what works and looks beautiful on paper uh, is substantially different what you can actually produce in real life, right? And even with our final decision on going with the, such an out, in my opinion, outstanding packaging design, we're still uh, paying the price today, right, uh, by taking longer to fill the bags. And we may talk about this later, but uh, I feel that her expertise in saying, guys, this is what you absolutely need on the packaging. Uh, so this is non-negotiable. You can choose where to put it, but it has to be there. And other things that she felt like, okay, uh, uh, this is not going to work. And we thought, oh, maybe it will. And I'll give you all an example so you don't waste your money as we did. So John said, guys, you definitely want to go with uh, Pantone colors for your uh, packaging labels. And there are not a lot of businesses out there that can do Pantone, and especially, especially for uh, smaller quantities. And uh, so we started questioning that because obviously salespeople, they'll say, oh, no, we can do CMYK. It's pretty much the same. It's just a little less intense. It's uh, fourth of the price or less, blah, blah, blah. So we decided to test it. We uh, printed labels uh, using Pantone colors, exactly the way that she recommended. And we printed the label, the same label, same design, same color, everything, but in the CMYK, which is a standard printing uh, technology you can virtually find everywhere. The CMYK was a fifth of the price for twice as much labels. So a tenth of the price uh, if you would divide right uh, uh, the, the raw numbers. And guess what? We never use the CMYK labels because when you put them next to the Pantone, oof, they look <laughs> ugly. <laughs> and so uh, it was nice to work with somebody that not just understood us, had amazing English skills to complement what we wanted in the packaging, but also somebody that knew what works, what doesn't, and uh, what absolutely needs to be there so you're not in production, then you realize that, oh my God, I need to redo this. And the amount of revisions, right? True. And I can even imagine that if we would, let's say, hire somebody from Behance, and let's say, oh, we we want extra, you know, revisions, even if we do half of that, it would be much more expensive than hiring a local designer, I think. Yeah, true. And I feel like even at, 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 in IT, you know, one thing is when you send an email to somebody, right, or you know, on a phone call, it's code. You you requesting revisions. In other words, uh, right, you are actually politely correcting the person's input. And most of us, we don't like that, right? You, you don't like to be corrected. You don't like to, you, you, you believe what you put there, what you put out there is, is, is great. Otherwise, you wouldn't have done so. But when you have the chance to convey the message in person and the person is looking at you, understands your body language, understands what you're coming from. I think that also helped, right? So she never really uh, looked at us thinking, oh my God, you guys are so picky. She she really understood. Yeah. She really understood. And sometimes she would say, guys, uh, 
this is not my personal preference, but I'll, I'll do it because it's yours. And sometimes we like the results and, and we said, let's go with it. And sometimes we looked at her and say, you know what, you were right. It's, it, uh, it doesn't look good. Let's do your way. So it was nice to have this face-to-face uh, uh, communication with her. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very thankful. And I make sure that I every time I see her on Facebook and I have a few minutes, I, I send a message. I thank her again. I share the amazing feedback we receive with her. I, we give her credit when we go to places. I share the same uh, feedback uh, with her husband and pass the mess- message along to her. So, yes. And and. We are working with somebody local, which is mm-hmm. something that is also very important to us, right? From from the farm all the way here, uh, we love this uh, ability to to really work with people around us. So that at the end of the day, high tide lifts all boats. Yeah, it's yeah exactly. It fits fits the philosophy. You know, um, I totally agree with you. And you know, I don't know if it's Jenna's personality or if it's also true for other designers who are local. I think it is. I think working with local designer, if you have the budget for that, would really make your life easier because you can sit down and together you can discuss it much easier to do than, you know, having some kind of uh, Skype call and kind of, you know, especially if the person speaks English like I do, <laughs> you know, many times, so, you know, I misunderstand or whatever. So it's, you know, I think finding a local designer is way to go. At least it was for us. And we tried, <laughs> we tried everything, right? <laughs> we did. We did. And, we did. And, you know, I can, st- I still have to thank you for the, for the work you did on 99 designs, because basically the, the, the deal is that if you don't find a design you like, they send you back the money. But the rule is that you have to respond to all of the, or most of the, uh, the designs. And William did an amazing job responding to everyone. And not only just like, you know, like, oh, I don't like it. But as he said before, he went deep and tried to explain them. You know, and honestly, if if I explain somebody something once, twice, three times, after that, I kind of lose my patience. But William, no, he just kept like, you know, with his <laughs> positive attitude, kind of like, oh, maybe you don't, you don't understand me. You want, you want it this way. I'm like... I would not have patience for that. And it's pretty obvious that the guys did not read that because what they submitted was not what you asked them for. It was just another random thing. You know, I was, that's what for me the most frustrating. So I personally do not recommend 99 designs <laughs> or similar services. So. Yeah. My, my, my take on this is um, if you know exactly what you want, I think if you can just tell them, this is what I want. I just don't have the the technical skills to put it together. Or I just need some small touches here and there. Those services may be for you. But if you were like us, as Valerian said, who has uh, great ideas but did not have a clear vision of how to bring those to life, uh, the chances that you are not going to succeed with uh, the the design contest, 99 designs, logo tournament uh, out there are, are quite high. Um, yep, yeah, that, that that would be my summary of the what we just talked about. In no, seriously, in that case, I would rather you know you guys go to Graphics River and buy yourself a logo there for 35 bucks, or even better. Here's a secret tip for you: there is a part where uh, people post like uh, different. Uh, label designs i forgot what is exactly called and those are even cheaper so like a 
like 10 different designs you can you know re like redesign to your needs they cost like 10 bucks so it's even cheaper than buying the logo uh i had i bought tons of those i use them in different kind of like uh, uh designs i do on online and stuff like that or even i don't know i tried once fiverr but you mm. get you get horrible stuff but most of the stuff which you get on fiverr is similar to 99 designs except you know the guy you mentioned he did a good job he possibly did, but I was so poisoned already that I was just like, no, 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 no. you know. Yeah. So poor guy maybe paid for yeah. my kind of like uh, disappointing <laughs> the whole service. So, but at the end of the day, it worked very well. Yeah, and let's let's end let's end this with a good good a positive story. There is one case that we succeeded with Fiverr. We uh, paid a guy to design barcodes for us. And mm. I was I was very reluctant because barcodes, right? It's it's either right or wrong. There's not like it's okay. And uh, uh, in the beginning, I didn't want to do it, and I noticed that people would do designs of barcodes online uh, for a ton of money. And and Valeria and I thought, hey, you need to print barcodes uh, with your UPC number or whichever number you need to print, and. Uh, I'm going to pay tons of money for the design. Then I have to have the drama of printing it myself. Hey, let me buy this ready. And you can find companies that will do that for you. If I remember correctly, it's, they charge $20, $25 for each 500 or something like that plus shipping, which is not a lot. But uh, the problem is uh, obviously you want to order in bulk, but maybe you don't want that many. Well, anyways, after we ordered those from the companies first and we pay we pay whatever they charge it then i thought hey this is this can't be rocket science i i, I don't know how to do it but i mean there has to be a software that generates these codes people don't draw each of those vertical lines one by one and well so that's when i tried fiverr and i paid six dollars uh and the guy designed uh, all the barcodes that I asked him to do and might be close to 10. And I compared every single one with, with the original that I have. And it's a perfect match. Nice. So it works. So we, so that there you go. <laughs> if you know exactly what you want and you give clear instructions, it could work, right? But as Valerian said, and I, and I, and I uh, uh, would emphasize, always order online from those folks that will tell you unlimited amount of revisions because the ones that limit it's it's catchy you know the ones that say unlimited is because they are confident that you're not going to ask them a thousand the revisions so uh so there you go that's a good good uh, good positive story <laughs> yeah it, it's true actually i i do use fiverr so don't misunderstand me like mm -hmm. the intro to this podcast guys that british dude who is talking about you know the stuff um, the, sorry, the British dude who's doing the intro, that's from Fiverr. And he's pretty amazing, you know. So Fiverr is pretty sweet if you are lucky. And, you know, many times I, you, you buy a lemon. But honestly, to hire a professional, let's say, uh, a guy who would do this intro would cost me, you know, hundreds of dollars. And, you know, I took a risk. I ordered three or four. For $15, I got three different versions. All of them were pretty cool, pretty good. And this one was the winner. So, yeah. You can, and I also tried logos. And as you said, William, you know, I had one where 
the guy offered unlimited revisions and I was like, oh, this is a big mistake with me, man. After three years, <laughs> I left him the money. I was like, look, I don't like it, but that's okay. I'll give you a positive review. You really tried. <laughs> and, you know, but yeah. it's also it was random stuff. He was just sending me random kind of things and they probably have you know, tons of templates and he just, ch you know, churning them out somehow. So, but, you know, I think that Fiverr is a better value than the 99 designs. <laughs> uh, yeah, it could, it could very well be, as, uh, as you said, at least with, with Fiverr, uh, if one doesn't work, right. Uh, hey, it's not a, it's not a big loss. Uh, you, you can, you can just move on. And, you know, I have a, 99 design affiliate link on the website and yet i'm talking trash about them sorry guys <laughs> <laughs> anyhow yeah. go ahead sorry no no that's it uh, that's, that's it Very so informative. You, you already mentioned the bag design okay let's talk about that a little bit the bag design that it's kind of like challenging it wasn't jenna's fault it was partly our fault uh we wanted a certain design and uh well do you want to talk about it uh yeah i and i maybe maybe that's my po positive approach again i i would probably maybe not say fault but uh i definitely take the responsibility for it and i, I will develop what i think what learn is trying to say we definitely want a pa uh, a package that would look awesome I personally, when I was doing uh, data collection and I was visiting grocery stores, uh, and again, right, I'm not bad mouthing any of our colleagues out there, but uh, the coffee shelves are some of the most boring shelves they are in a grocery store. And the package, the most packages look terrible, in my opinion. And, and so we didn't want you just to have one more that looked the same way. And we looked at the struggles and people opening the the packaging at home and 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 sealing them and making sure that they stay sealed and caring about freshness and 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 so on and so forth. Right? So I definitely tried to put all those things, all the feedback we got from customers, all the 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 things that we thought that would work the most or the best uh, uh, towards a brilliant customer experience into the packaging and everybody everything was working well we were very happy with everything up to the point that it went to production and during production we had some challenges and then obviously now in real life when we're filling the bags um i i don't know valerian maybe i don't know if we're going to talk about this uh, even before and i know that uh, or even another episode or or this is strictly about design but uh no just, we, can, we can talk about it a little bit and then we will you know just describe expand, it and we can right? yeah, we can revisit it yeah. again at, at the production episode yeah. so i'll describe with an example uh what takes us the amount of coffee that takes us one hour to roast takes us two hours or more to pack so that's not a good math, right? And, and so the, we are very happy with the packaging. People uh, uh, love the packaging. Uh, so when it comes to looks, I think it's, it, it's a home run. But when it comes to the amount of work uh, uh, that it takes for us to make the package ready, uh, that's, that's not ideal for us right now, especially for a small business. And... It also puts a barrier on updates or on upgrades because when I like to tell my friends, when you go fancy, uh, it's it 
uh, you can't get the quantities you want. And I feel that's exactly what happened, uh, what has happened with us. We went fancy on the packaging, we went fancy on the labels, and uh, for all of you out there, um, I'm not saying that you should or should not do it, right? but if you decide to pursue the same uh, avenue that we did, uh, yeah, just keep in mind that it's going to cost you a lot more than the typical bag, and most likely it's going to take you longer to to fill the bag and make it ready for customers' consumption compared to that regular boring uh, uh, rectangular coffee bag. Okay, so just to describe that our and I, and I put the uh, pictures in the show notes. Our bag has actually four sides, and you know some brands are already using this design. And uh, why is it complicated? It's because it's done with two separate sheets of paper, so it's pretty expensive to produce. So let's say, as I said about the colors, that let's say you if you design the regular packaging, they use one sheet of paper. That means that if you have four colors, and let's say each color is $100, that's $400. If you have four colors with this design and you have two sheets of papers, that's two times four, you know, uh, $400. So just the molds or just the forms, whatever they call them, will cost you $800. So that was one thing. Second thing is that I think it was our mistake that we, you know, <laughs> both of us, we are kind of nerdy. So, you know, we know math and we just calculated the, the interior uh, uh, volume and, you know, we did dark, light roast, dark roast, and, you know, we just made the measurements, you know, it's, it's easy. But what we did not count with is how they make this packaging is that there are si- the, on the one part of, on the, on the top where they seal it, there's a big chunk of the, uh, the bag interior. inside of the bag. And that takes a lot of volume away. So it's really challenging to pack it. So, and obviously the Chinese companies, because we printed this in China and we're going to talk about the reasons why, but um, they will not tell you this. They don't care. They don't know, you know, they, they make you what you order, you know, so they don't have the expertise. So you have to figure this out yourself. So in Green Plantation, we use what William calls the boring, you know, packaging, which we can fill much faster and it's much more efficient. And I think Green Pension packaging looks very sharp and looks great. Now, you know, what's better? Well, today, I think that, you know, with, with the Unleashed Coffee, we can fill it. It's okay. But once we get into big quantities, oh, man, we have to think about it. We either, you know, make these bags bigger. That means new molds and pay again for the molds. Mm-hmm. Or we design, redesign the, um, the shape which, you know, I don't think we'll go with because we are very happy with this. Our customers are happy, so you don't want to go back. You always want to, you know, improve rather than go back. So, um, yeah, th- it was challenging a little bit. True. Uh, uh, should we talk why we picked a Chinese company over an American one? Yes, ab- absolutely. I, I think I can cover that. And, yeah, as, as Valerian said, uh, our bag has four gussets. It's flat bottom. It has a zip lock on top, not on the side, on top. And we wanted it in a shape that it would stand still with full of coffee or empty. We wanted it on a shape that we could put on grocery stores. And if you guys will do this research, you're going to see it's incredible. The heights and the widths and the positioning of the shelves, it's all over the place. 
you would think that all grocery stores have the same height uh, uh, for each shelf and the width, and you're wrong, uh, <laughs> uh, or I was wrong. Uh, you, so we try to factor all those things in, and as Valerian said, we measured all the three dimensions, calculated the volume, tried lighter roast, tried dark roast, and but we didn't anticipate, as Valerian said, that the inside, the gussets inside the bag, they got, they were glued, to, they stick together, and they take a good chunk of the volume. So the prototype volume was very different than the the the, the volume of the final product. But well, so you can already imagine the the level of details and uh, that we wanted on top of what Valerian said, right? Two two layers, matte and glossy, mm-hmm. premium premium uh, quality packaging, uh, uh, FDA approved. Uh, all that stuff, putting it all together, Pantone colors, right? We wanted Pantone. Um, we realized that if, well, first of all, there was virtually no company that I at least was aware of in the United States that could do it. And the ones that said that, yes, we could, I I heard that once that, yeah, we can do it, a million dollars order. I like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> I hope I can one day talk to you. <laughs> Uh, not today. Uh, so, chi- in China was the uh, was the only place that we found offers from companies that said that they had done this before or very similar, that could do what we wanted with the materials we wanted, with the shape we wanted, with the the, the colors that we wanted, for a, a quantity and price that we could afford. So that's how we we chose uh, 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 or the reason why we chose the Chinese companies uh, to do it for us. And then at this point, and I'll let Valerian wade in, at this point, everything sounds great, right? You feel like, wow, this uh, so that's pretty good. But um, we all know that when you buy things from China, it could be either amazing stuff, just like your iPhone, or it could be terrible stuff, right? Just like if you go to the dollar store. And obviously, we wanted to find the quality from the iPhones to produce our bags, not the dollar store stuff. And so we we went and we did tons of research. And the advantage was that the time difference between China and, and California are 13 hours. So I would come, I would come home from work, and I would start talking to people in packaging. So I would start at 6 p.m. and I would end at 3, 4 a.m. sometimes. And 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 what are you the challenge, about? <laughs> <laughs> and the challenge was that something that I could have explained in person or to somebody who would understand English perfectly, uh, uh, that would take one or two hours. It took me three days uh, to talk to them. And so we realized that the, in, in China, and I, I was actually, I was trying to find the best deal. And what I learned at this point is that in, in, if, if you are like us, you have no other choice but go to produce whatever you want in China for an amazing quality. Make sure that you talk to a lot of the companies, and Alibaba is probably the best way. And, and you talk to a lot of them, and you absolutely need to ask if they've done that kind of work before. You absolutely need to ask if they can send you samples. And you have to talk to them before signing the deal to make sure that their English is good enough. Because 
you know, the very first uh, lines, hey, how are you? What can I do for you? How is your day? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, they can copy and paste, right? They do that stuff 100 times a day. So when it comes to defining and specifying what your product is or what you need them to do, that's when you realize uh, their their level of understanding, if they're understanding you well enough or not. And um, so that that would be my advice to all of you being there done that. Um, carefully select the company. Don't go for the cheapest price. Go for the company that can really assure you that they've done this before. They know what they're doing. Their communication will go smoothly. And obviously, it's a price that you can afford and a delivery date that you that, that works for your business. And be ex, and expect or be prepared to receive the material and then discover that there might be problems with some of the batches. Even the iPhone quality companies uh, will send you some defective stuff. But um, at least in our case, we had that unfortunate experience. But uh, it took a lot of communication, a lot of conversation. But uh, at the end of the day, at least they did a partial refund uh, 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 to offset right, the, the defects. Yes, I agree with you. And we actually had a company which we had in mind even in China uh, because Green Plantation um, hired or we, we printed some you know, bags there. And they did an amazing job. And we, you know, we like to work with them. But they refused us. They actually were very honest. And they said that, look, if you want to bags like this, the minimum is 35, uh, 25 to 30,000 approximately because, you know, it's a hard design and, you know, there's a lot of errors when you print them. And uh, we said, oh, you know, they're just greedy because, you know, we want we wanted like between eight to 10,000, you know. And while they printed the eight, by the same company which printed green plantation bags, they they would be, you know, they're happy to print eight to 10,000 when it comes to the classical kind of like a square design. They were not doing this for us. And we had a hard time to find anyone who can print, you know, around 10,000 bags. We found one company. <laughs> and that was, a, that was a time when we burned ourselves because we got a lot of, lot of, you know, errors. And, you know, honestly, Normally, if, I, if somebody makes this in the United States, I would probably return the whole shipment because I don't want to look for a good and a bad bags. And, you know, sometimes it even happens today, then we package and we find one with, with a hole in it and it, the, the, you know, the bag is already packaged. So that's horrible and, you know, would not recommend that company ever to anyone else. And I should have listened to the company which we already printed with and we were happy with because they told us, you know, look, this is a complex design. We can do only, you know, uh, 25,000. So, yeah. Yeah, I, th I think for uh, for us, at, as Valerian said, for now, it's, it's been working very well. We've, we're beyond those problem so yeah we find uh, some here and there and obviously it's unfortunate and and we're still not happy but we absolutely make sure that we ship all the bags in pristine conditions right that's that's absolutely uh unquestionable um but for all of you who are listening and uh that are planning to to design a uh, uh better bag um yeah, be prepared to 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 find these hurdles along the way. And uh, today, 
I actually have been working with a company there also, and um, they collect many of those uh, qualities that I suggest to you guys to look for uh, in the same place. And I recently sent them samples of our bags, of our labels, so actually the labels they produce, but we also have a seed packaging, few other things. So I sent that out to them and I told them, look, this is what we produce. See if you can make the same or better and the price. And I think uh, that will happen with you also. Hopefully that's the case. Uh, You're going to possibly have a bumpy ride in the beginning, but uh, eventually you're going to get to a point where you find somebody that understands what matters to you and you're going to proceed just Valerian said, as Valerian said, he and Green Plantation, they work with one specific company, which is not the one that I currently work with for Alnish Coffee. And um, so the, the, uh, uh, I think it's important for you to really look for options out there. Right? Maybe even one of these two would work for you guys. And I'm sure if you ask Valerian there and send him a question, He'll absolutely share the contact with you, and I have no problems doing the same. Uh, but there's a chance that these people, they don't do what you guys need. Um, and I feel that the, the the path will be the same. The actions should be the similar. Look for many options out there. Don't go for the cheapest. Stay away from the ones that they, you see that the English is definitely a barrier because that's going to cost you so much time. And... Uh, don't compromise. Like if they say, oh, I have this other material, it's almost the same. It's never almost the same. (laughs) (laughs) Like go with what you want or what your designer, uh, your uh, packaging engineer, whoever done this for you. And if they say, oh, we don't have that, but we have something similar, beware. It may not be. And hey, guys, if you want to help us and you know a local company united states who will print us ten thousand bags or maybe fifteen thousand to let us know because we would love to print them united states you know for us that's very important it just nobody will do it for us so yeah unless we order a million (laughs) (laughs) or find us somebody who will order a million bags of coffee from us and then we order a million (laughs) yeah find us the uh, massive uh, (laughs) make walmart sell specialty coffee make Walmart buy Unleashed Coffee only, and then <laughs> we'll make everything in the United States. <laughs> okay, let's talk about one more thing, which is not very designy, not very sexy, but I think it's very important when it comes to the packaging, and that's barcodes. Sure. So, you know, we were kind of thinking from very beginning to start to sell on Amazon, and this was the main reason why we decided to go for barcodes, but the barcodes actually were much more important in many other uh, uh, segments we learned, right? That That is correct. Uh, and what I learned, that I'll, I'll try to make this short because it's a, it's a long story. Um, you, When you look for barcodes out there, you have a lot of op- offers. You're going to have offers from people that sell them on eBay, you name it. And you you question, right? Will this really work? And they obviously they all say that it works, and probably it probably does, but they cannot guarantee that will be unique everywhere. So how barcode does is you can buy chunks. You can the minimum is ten, or then a hundred, or a thousand, 
or and 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 you keep multiplying by ten from a barcode so, authority from the official from barcode authority yeah. exactly and uh, U.S. has its own Europe will have their own they're connected but they're they're connected but different um, and priced but, uh, differently the prices are also different the websites are different uh, and um, you i think what these people do obviously the more you buy the cheaper it gets right so if you buy a million barcodes it's gonna be like pennies each so what these people do they buy a million and then they resell smaller chunks so if they do an amazing job selling the smaller chunks only to one person you're good but if, if they don't if they screw up and they sell the same chunk that they sold to you to somebody else and you guys happen to end up selling to the same grocery store, then obviously you're going to have issues. Or they cancel their uh, membership with the uh, barcode authority. Yeah, or they don't, exactly, or they don't renew uh, the the membership and then they reallocate to somebody else. So at the end of the day, right, you can never guarantee that those numbers are yours and that's it. But it is very tempting and we were like really tempted to buy these, you know, cheap barcodes on eBay or, you know, the websites where they sell it. We were really tempted by that because yeah. it's so much cheaper than buying it directly from the barcode authority. Exactly. As well as why you can buy a bunch on eBay for five bucks, the certifying authority, I think the, the, the first year's membership is like 200 bucks or something. I don't even remember how much it was, but it was, it was, it was very steep compared to the options you have out there. And for very um, few, like for 10 or something. 10, for yeah. 10, exactly. Yeah. So we Unleash Coffee, we ended up buying 10 from the, the, the official authority in the United States. The good news is that the first year is steep, but the renewals are, are much less expensive. Still not as cheap as buying online, but are less expensive. So I think like if you are a company that you just need a barcode, and if your barcode screws up, you can simply recall your products and reprint. So maybe the cheap ones are for you, right? But if you are a business that you're selling to grocery stores, especially distant grocery stores, and you want to build a, a, a long, good reputation uh, with them, and you definitely don't want this kind of uh, rookie screw-ups, right? Then you probably don't want to risk the reputation buying those eBay uh, barcodes, after you buy the barcodes, you're not going to get them ready to, to be printed. You actually just buy the uh, uh, opportunity <laughs> to, use, to use them. <laughs> uh, so you, you buy, you, can, you don't get the designs uh, on an Adobe file uh, or you don't get them printed and shipped to you. So you just get a certificate. It's a PDF and it is a website that you can register your products. Uh, and you can mark them as active. Uh, you don't have to if you don't want. But uh, anyways, after you have the certificates, you get the number, which is we call the root number. And the root number is uh, the number that you're going to use to generate that set that you purchase. So we have a root number that we can generate 10 out of it. And so with that certificate, uh, you, or you call the uh, GTIN or, or, or getting uh, 12 number. The UPC code sometimes they call. Yeah, or they call it. The UPC is the one that it's ready, like mm -hmm. the one, you know, the final. So with the getting 12 number, you generate your UPCs. I see. And, uh, and so the, the after, 
well, once you have that certificate, then what we did initially on the certifying authority in the United States, they have a few companies that they list as uh, their partners or their, that they trust to print the, the, the barcodes. And I went with one of those. Call them up. They have different pricing, different sizes, uh, uh, different promotions. Uh, there's one in Canada listed there also. If you're in Canada, it might be cheaper for you. Uh, anyways, buy, I suggest that you buy it from them uh, initially. And it's going to be a little more expensive, but at least to ensure that they will do the job that you want done and you're not going to have any screw-ups there. And after you have the barcodes, then they will send it to you, You whether you order in the hundreds or in the thousands. When you need to uh, reorder, then you can decide either to reorder from them, which will be very easy, right? Just uh, 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 place and you order the same codes or what I would actually suggest is to do what I did <laughs> uh, which is then Fiverr will be a good candidate <laughs> you go to Fiverr you say hey I need to you find a person and again I can share that person's contact if you want to work with that same one but I mean it's not just one person that does this you're going to look for somebody who offers to design uh, barcodes for you you, pro you provide uh, to them the, your uh, root number, which you're getting 12 number that you're going to get from the certifying authority. You um, tell them the size that you need and um, you, they will just make the designs for you, right? And then you can print it yourself. You can bind the labels. And I don't want to uh, uh, bore all of you who are not interested in, in printing barcodes, but if you're interested uh, Get a hold of Valeria and, or myself there, and you know we'll, we'll be happy to share more details with you as far as the size that you should print and how you can buy the cheapest labels and print it yourself and get the design ready. You know, it's it's not rocket science, but it's something that there's so many unknowns until you do it for the first time. Yes, that's what I was going to say. That I find that it's very not transparent and. That's not very nice, you know. It's something which, you know, is like uh, like American health insurance. You know, it's a big uh, like I don't know, you know, kind of thing. You know, so it's uh, it should, there should be more transparency in it. We had to kind of go through it and learn it, and you know, I wish I knew everything in the beginning, because here's the thing: if you're not from the United States, it will be different. Like in Slovakia, for example, we also use a GTIN authority to, you know. Uh, make our barcodes, but you know what? We bought thousand barcodes for half of the price. Yay! You know, and not only that, but we actually can print those barcodes with our little printer. We have like a little uh, <clears throat> tag printer which prints with like tags, and with that we can print them out, and uh, we don't have to hire anyone on Fiverr for that. So, depending where you are, check it out. But let's talk with them about more important stuff. Why are barcodes important? I already mentioned that if you're going to sell on Amazon, you would need barcodes because, you know, you need the UPC number to register your product with Amazon. So that's one thing. But what we learned very fast was that when we go to the grocery stores, the first question was, oh, do you have barcodes? Yes. Uh, you know, uh, uh, yesterday I signed up uh, to... Um, visit a fair that a larger grocery store who's moved to the Bay Area uh, 
is hosting um, for vendors like us. I'm not going to tell you who that that vendor is or, or, or details because this is private information passed by somebody else that we work with. But uh, I'm going to, I just opened here the website and I'm going to read to you guys their questions that, that to my understanding, it's pretty comprehensive. And so you have an idea if you're trying to sell coffee in the United States, what you should expect to be asked for when you go to a, a grocery store, right? So here they are. Question number one, do you have an FDA county or Department of Agriculture permit to produce your product? Question number two, is your product produced in a licensed kitchen or production space? Question number three, do you have a business license or tax ID number? Number four, do you have liability insurance in place? Number five, is your product label with a UPC code? There you go. Number six, can you or your distributor deliver directly to one of our stores? N note, if you answer no to any of the questions above, your product is not considered retail already, and we won't be able to accommodate your booking at this time. So I like that this form because uh, they listed on paper we, the questions that Valeria and I receive every time we start selling at the new grocery store. And obviously to us, all those answers are yes. But um, the, the UPC barcodes, see, it's one of the core questions that they, they will ask you uh, if you have it ready. And even before they agree to sell your product or your, your coffee or whatever else you sell, they're going to ask you, send me your wholesale price, your UPC barcodes, or your UPC codes and the product names because they print their own labels and they want to have all that ready before you make your first delivery. So it's that important. Yes, and we did not even realize that until you know we went to the few grocery stores and they asked us and I was like, oh yeah, we have it. Well, and also we looked much more professional even though we were noobs, right? We looked mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, we have that. You know, it's like, oh, okay. Because actually, uh, the one of the first, actually the first grocery store we went to, uh, Scotty's Market, not far away from us, they actually told us that, you know, many many of the guys who come here, they don't have them, you know, and, and we need them to kind of like, uh, it's very much easier for us to work with and we actually need them. And we were like, oh, that was a good decision. Because, you know, again, the cost is not small. It's just a dumb barcode. It's not sexy at all, right? Well, they are very important for your product. Exactly. All right. So we basically went through design uh, of the logo, packaging, the way how we package the coffee to the barcodes. And we have a product, you know, on shelves. And, you know, it's not cheap. We, we decided to invest into this. Previously, I did not. In my green plantation, we started with very basic kind of craft bag stamp, which was very cool at that time. But... You know, and we kind of redesigned later with with Unleashed. I said no, let's skip the four years of trying and let's just go for the for the uh, for the main beautiful design. And I think that's my opinion. It was totally worth it because anytime you know we pitch with grocery stores, William tries to get in, and because he has the story, he says, "Look, I'm the farmer. Can we go and visit you and show you what we have?" They go like, "Oh, okay, come," because you know nobody wants to say no to farmer, right? <laughs> but then we go there and we show them the packaging and they go like, whoa, yes, 
that's awesome. It will look great on our shelves. So anytime when I when I see that, I go like, oh man, this was such a great decision to you know invest into this. What do you think, William? Yes, I agree. I, I still remember uh, when we were roasting coffee once, and um, uh, you, Valerian, you, we were talking about uh, how to get your grocery stores, and you asked that question to somebody from the from the field that's supposedly knowledgeable. Uh, how? What would you suggest us to do to get to stores? And what we heard from from that person, which we respect a lot, was that um, it would be very hard. It was a saturated market. Uh, most people don't get in. Most people were going, opening their own coffee shops or uh, grocery stores was a really tough sell. Well, around us here, right, and we're not large yet, uh, uh, but uh, around us here, uh, our acceptance rate is really high, and uh, for, us. Cred- for us, mm-hmm. and we credit uh, part of this success to the fact that we can walk in and we can present an amazing packaging that they feel like, wow, this is better than anything else I have on the shelf right now, and we have everything together. They know that they can rely on us, right? We're not just walk in, try to sell, disappear, and you know they have a bomb on their shelves like waiting to explode and lose money. They, they definitely see that we are serious about what we do. So it's a combination of that wow factor with uh, them realizing that, yes, these guys know what they're doing. I want to do business with them. Yes. And... On that note, in the third episode, we are going to talk about where we sell coffee, how it goes, what are the you know, positive sides of selling on certain, through certain channels, and what are the negative sides to selling through channels. And as William said, you know, we are new at this. We can share some our first six months, and I can compare it partly to you know, Green Plantation, because in Green Plantation, for example, we don't sell to grocery stores, and you know, there's a reason for that. We're going to talk about it too in a third episode. So until then, cheerios. Thank you very much, Valerian. <laughs> talk to you guys soon. Oh, wow. This episode was long, so thank you so much to uh, stick with us, and we really hope you, know, you got inspired, and we really hope you know, we gave you some very valuable um, a content. Just yesterday, I talked to Jenna, the designer who worked, uh, who designed our Unleashed Coffee packaging, and she said she she might consider to taking up some jobs. So if you guys are interested, I leave her email in the show notes to this episode on our website coffeeis.me. And the next episode, ooh, that would be a big one, guys. I know that would be the most popular because we are going to talk about our sales channels. Where do we sell coffee? What are the positive things about that channel and what are the negative parts of that channel? We are going to talk about grocery stores, about Amazon, about Etsy, about our website and so on and so on. So I think that would be a very valuable episode for our competition too. <laughs> Luckily in the coffee world, we are kind of friendly competition. So uh, we are happy to share our information and we hope that you guys will share yours. All right, thanks again for listening and talk to you very soon. Bye.